Think I'm up to something Dirty feet, I'm running Nigga, tryna find my way, 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 way I ain't got no man to way to navigate I say fuck it, they gon' jump me anyway Fuck it Greetings, greetings, greetings. This is your boy Jordan for another episode of Unapologetic HBCU. Today I have with me. It's Adelia. And it is I, Charslin. Hey. Greetings, greetings, greetings. Um, Miss Regina Jackson, our illustrious guest from the FAMU, um, that college in Tallahassee. In 1887, sitting on the highest hills in Tallahassee, Florida, Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University was founded by Thomas Gibbs and Thomas Tucker. Widely known as FAMU, this institution is the number one public HBCU and one of the largest HBCUs in the country. FAMU offers 50 bachelor's degrees, 29 master's degrees, three professional degrees, and 12 doctoral degrees. FAMU continues to remain one of the top producers of African-American students earning baccalaureate degrees. For more information, please visit famu.edu. Mm -mm. <laughs> you got to give FAMU a proper degree. I mean, the Florida A&M University. Come on now. Don't be giving, get me all the things, okay? Here we yeah, go. Give her all the things. Don't come for us, especially when we spanked y'all this year. But continue. Uh -oh. Oh, uh -oh. uh, that's fake news. Gramlin, uh -huh, that's factual news, sir. <laughs> Gramlin, we, we lost on purpose. Uh, we, we just oh, wanted to give y'all. Now, now tell the listeners what, what you all are talking about. What did y'all lose on purpose, Jordan? Mm. Uh, so the Gramlin State University, um, the okay. almighty Gramlin State University, okay. we we lost a we lost a football game to uh, FAMU just because we wanted to make them feel welcome as they came to the SWAC for the first time. Um, so we 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 lost it on purpose, and uh, you know they 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 felt really good about themselves. So you know goal achieved on our on our end. You know? Oh, so you say y'all have no standards because who loses on purpose? Oh. Period. <laughs> Period. Poo. And not even like lost. Y'all lost twenty six to three. Like, damn. Like twenty six to three. Come with the data now. That's not like uh, oh. the Falcons in that Super Bowl game. Or okay, let's not. Factual, factual. And they scored them three points at the end of the game. Like, don't do this. I don't. The field goal. The kicker. They just kick. They just kicked the ball. They didn't pinch nothing. You know what I'm saying? They didn't. Whatever. Matter of fact, the first time I met Jordan. He was offended that we were playing Grambling for homecoming because he felt like you you're supposed to play a scrub school for homecoming. And I was like, I mean, I and that was it. But it's fine. I'm going to let you continue. I got love for Grambling. I do. Oh, yeah. And, and, I, and I got love for FAMU. I, I actually grew up uh, going to the Atlanta Classic in Atlanta, well, obviously in Atlanta, uh, between Tennessee State and FAMU. So, I mean, my... The marching 100, which I think is the most normal, because there's 600 niggas on the in the uh, band, uh, <laughs> and, and y'all sound great. But I mean, I was so so many so many people in that band. Uh, whereas Grammy has a fraction, but we get you know quality over quantity. So you know, uh, I've better. Always, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what to say. But I'm sorry. I, I've always loved FAMU, and, and that's why I, I, I talk my trash. So shout out to my FAMU family, um, and all those good things. So. Tell us a little bit about yourself. You are from Orange, New Jersey. 
Yes. How do you end up in Tallahassee, Florida? So honestly, I owe it to these three ladies at my church. Um, this lady, her name is Connie Turner. I call her Aunt Con Con and kind of like my church aunties and shout out to Aunt Vina and Aunt Helen. They hurt. So I really, it wasn't a thought on my mind to go to HBCU. That's not what I wanted to do. I always wanted to go to University of Michigan, go blue. Um, that's just always where I wanted to go. I just did. And that was my first choice. And I was not going to apply to an HBCU. That just wasn't in the cards for me. I was like 14, I think. <laughs> and these ladies found out that I wanted to go to Michigan. And they were like, oh, no, like, that's not OK. My father was the pastor of the church at the time. And they were like, pastor, can we take her to homecoming and whatever? So they did. They paid for everything. They took me down to homecoming. And it was like that opening convocation, I was like, oh, this is like where I need to be. Like, it just felt like home. You know what I'm saying? It was so lit. Like we, they started off like the band played like total praise. People was in there getting a praise on. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like, look at this black excellence. Like I need to be a part of this. And there was just no, cause I grew up going to the Hampton Grambling game actually. And there was a small time when I was like, man, I think I could go to Grambling. But that didn't last very long. And then um, it didn't stay with me like FAMU did. You know, like FAMU stuck to my ribs. And that's just where I went. And it was really the best decision, I think, that I almost made. Which it was hard to let that Michigan dream go. Um, I got waitlisted for Michigan my first semester. And then I had an opportunity they told me if I wanted to transfer, I could transfer that next semester. And I almost did, but it was like, fam nurtured me, I think, in a way that Michigan wouldn't have. And I don't think I would have been as ready. Um, I was a music major. I was a voice perf voice performance major. Um, so being in the university singers at fam, like, it was really hard. It was hard work. But um, I think they better prepared me and better equipped me. Whereas I think Michigan would have just been like, do this, do that, do this, do that. You know what I mean? I don't think I would have had the nurturing <clears throat> um, that I needed at the time. Shout so. out to the church mothers for leading you on the right path. Okay. Yes. <laughs> they were like, no, we're not doing this. And they took me like every year. And I think actually, I want to say I was like in the eighth grade. I was like 13. I was younger. I wasn't, I don't think I was in high school yet. And they took me every year. It became like a tradition until I became a student. So, so what made you want to hold on? you know, even though you had the opportunity to go down there a couple of times, what made you want to hold on to that Michigan, Michigan dream? Were there a lot of people at your high school going to that school? <clears throat> what was it that appealed? No, I, I don't know. I, um, well, one, so I went to, a, um, for high school, I went to Cicely Tyson School of Performing and Fine Arts. So we didn't have sports at my school. And so I felt like there was something that was missing in terms of, um, just like having that complete experience, like, oh, okay, I'm doing shows and blah, blah, blah. And I'm getting the, the best training ever for a high school student, which I didn't transfer to performing arts school till my junior year of high school. And so I just never had like that, oh, okay, homecoming and this and that. It was always like performances and shows, which I love, but 
I wanted that like complete experience. And so like Michigan had the brand, it had like, when I went to audition on the campus, it was just like amazing. And we knew the basketball coach at the time. So it was like, you know, every time we went, we like rolled out the red carpet for us. And it was just like, this is like a school I've never been to. You know what I'm saying? I love my high school, but it was in the inner city. We didn't really have the best of anything. We just were extremely talented, which now, I mean, they have an amazing facility, but so I just really wanted that. So I think in my mind, I had just, I felt like, oh, I to go to the best school, I need to go to this big blah, 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 blah. But that really wasn't it at all because I don't know I mean, I probably would have been just as obnoxious with Michigan had I gone there. But um, FAMU was like, it's like family. It's just something special. And I really feel like everyone should experience that. Like every Black child, whatever, should experience at some point in their trajectory of life, they should experience HBCU. Yeah. (laughs) So you said that you went to a fine art school. So what did you major in, in at FAMU? Uh, voice performance. I started at mu- as music education and I I did my first field clinical with seventh graders and I was like, these kids bad. <laughs> <laughs> this is not my ministry because I will slap these children. Okay. So that was not it. So I did voice performance um, and it was great. It was a, y'all know like HBCUs, you always, it doesn't matter what organization you're in you always start at the bottom and have to like work your way up so it's you know it definitely I feel like HBCUs um compared to other schools they really give you real world experience like they really prepare you to like thrive as a black person in this in this country so especially because all HBCU administrations are slow, long lines, the the stress, you know what I'm saying? So like, none of that stresses me now when I'm dealing with craziness out because it's like, this is nothing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I would I would love to say grandma had shorter lines at the financial aid office, but I'd be lying. <laughs> I know you would be lying. Uh, so I think it's just a, a fact of life that... Uh, you get your real your, your early life lessons at HBCU, but to your point, I do think they mold you uh, for what you're going to experience out in the real world. Yeah. Um, was was voice performing? Is that something that's is that a, a decent size pro, uh, program at FAMU? Or is that relatively new? Uh, what's that look like? Because at Grammar, we don't. It's a have lot them. bigger now. It's a lot bigger now, um, and the theater program is really is is great there as well. Um, uh, you know, Anika Noni Rose came out of there. The guy who plays on Power, I can't remember his name. He came out of there. Oh, Woody. Um, Woody. Woody and the other guy. This like he's like ball, the ball skin, ball skin, ball headed, light skinned dude. I don't watch. I haven't watched. I only have watched the original Power. I don't watch the new one. But um, he Same. also came out of Fam. Yeah, whatever. But um, <clears throat> so the theater program was amazing. Um, I had some of the best professors. Um, so. Coming up, you had to be in the concert choir or the university singers, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it was hard. Like, it scared the crap out of me, like, the first semester. One, because I came in <clears throat> with the director, like, kind of bragging, like, oh, I got this girl from Jersey. She about to make all y'all look bad, which I didn't know he was saying anything. So I already came in with a target <laughs> on my back. Like, 
And I always wondered, like, why are these people so mean to me? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I came in with, a, like, a target on my back. Like, okay, she right. You know what I mean? But it definitely taught me, like, I have a work ethic in terms of just, like, preparing that I don't think I would have gotten um, anywhere else, honestly. So, and we toured a lot. So that was a hard transition, too, because I'm like, we're out on the road, and then you expect me to go to class, too? Like, how, that's not going to work. But, you know, yeah. but it was great. Yeah. So HBCUs so. are known for being a part of like really major events um, and being connected to like really famous people. Did you have the opportunity on your tours to do anything major um, or meet anyone super famous? Yes. So my um, freshman sister, um, is uh her name is Sarita Stewart she is Rita Marley's youngest daughter and my sophomore year we um the Marley Foundation and fam flew us to Ethiopia uh for two weeks to perform um for this event called Africa Unite which was in the Rastafarian culture they took Bob Marley's ashes to some place I can't remember where and but they had this huge festival like 300,000 people and the concert was from like noon to like midnight and we got to perform with the Marley Brothers and like everybody was there Lauren Hill performed um um Danny Glover was there like it was like all these celebrities there like it was an amazing experience like it was an adjustment because the altitude we were in Addis Ababa Ethiopia and the altitude was ridiculous like I mean you could just walk five feet and you'd be like I can't breathe you know what I mean so like they tried to do this dove release for Bob and the doves didn't want to fly like they were like no so <laughs> but that it was amazing but they it was hard it was a hard trip because we had to they had us on like a professional schedule like we had shows leading up to the big show not to mention we also had to rehearse there for our con our spring concert when we got back on campus but it was an amazing experience we got to sing with Bob's mom Sadella um we got it was amazing we got to like have dinner with Lauren Hill. So we, that it was, it was an incredible experience. Oh yeah, 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 it was great. Okay, you can't just skate over there. I know, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually kind of jealous that you saw Lauren Hill perform because now my good sis won't go nowhere and I can't see her. <laughs> you had dinner? I'm yeah. Good. And you know, funny story about Lauren Hill. She, she and I are from the same hometown. She's from uh, East Orange, I think. And um she when I was a kid I at, at a dance school there was someone who used to like interview us before the the class before the our performance and it was Lauren Hill who like interviewed me I was like five she wasn't Lauren Hill then she was just a like, regular girl and I, my mom showed me the video the other day and she was like, you were so rude to Lauren Hill because she said my name wrong and I correct her. She was like, Regina. I was like, Regina. <laughs> <laughs> it's rude to you, ma'am. It's rude to you. But she was cool. It's funny because she was in that really like 
deep mode at the time and kids were like some of my classmates were coming up to her like sister act changed my life and like they, and she's like you know she was cool she was receptive to everything but it was dope to see her perform that's really when I became like a huge Damian Marley fan because he was just it was crazy and we were like right in the front of the stage like it was crazy it was, it was like an opportunity of a lifetime like I'm not even going front that jump was it was dope wow yeah and it it sounds so great because like HBCUs really put you on like put you on really put yes. you on because if I was in the same room as Lauren here I probably would have fame and missed everything <laughs> right but fam really I fam you really gives you like um that I don't know. And people always say people from FAMU are arrogant, which I don't think we are. We're just a very confident people. Um, so they really train you like, don't be starstruck by these people. Like you're just as great. You know what I mean? So that's just how we always felt. But it was dope seeing her, you know, and people were like, oh my God, Lauren, Lauren. You know, so that, that was really cool. Um, you know, and my freshman year, I mean, it's not a big thing now, but I mean, we didn't need Bill Cosby, but because um, <laughs> his brother, who I guess the character Theo was based off of, graduated from family. He was like in his 60s at the time when he graduated my freshman year and we sang at graduation and he graduated from there. So that was pretty cool at the time. So Awesome. Yeah, I mean, it, I, all of everything... Sorry, it's still a. I'm sure it's still a um, an honor. I mean, because at the end of the day, I mean, you can't deny. The oh, you can't de- right. Like you can't deny the legacy that he whatever. So I mean, the Cosby right. Show still changed our lives. So yeah. it was really you know pivotal in our upbringing for sure. <clears throat> so interesting yeah. that you bring that up because we just our first episode for this year was about a different world. Um, yes. you know, was a spinoff of the Cosby show. And for mm-hmm. a lot of people who went to HBCUs, that show was extremely influential because yes. it was one of our, especially those of us who went to predominantly, um, you know, white high schools, that was one of our first opportunities to see what life might be like at an HBCU. Did you have <laughs> any influences like that? Anything from pop culture? You know, even when you were thinking about going to Michigan, that was like okay go to hbcu go to hbcu um a different world definitely for sure um i think when i when famu started getting on my radar i watched drumline like all this time like oh my gosh this is what it's gonna be like you know what i mean like was really hype about that because i was like oh and the band i mean the band was amazing and i was like oh nobody could touch them like they're undefeated hashtag like go marching 100 so sorry jordan i see the hate in your eyes it's no, okay no. get over it but <laughs> no, no hate no hate so which is funny and a lot of people um and i ended up knowing a lot of people who were a part of that movie and stuff like that so it was cool drumline definitely a different world for sure like when I was like oh I'm going to fam I definitely went like rewatch a different world to be like oh okay you know because I didn't really know what to expect um Tallahassee was definitely a culture shock coming from Orange like North Jersey Essex County like 
you know, 20 minutes from New York City. It was like the first time I saw a person with gold teeth in their mouth, it was like, <laughs> I'm telling you, people who are friends with me now, like that I went to school with when I first met them, I was like, oh my gosh, you got goals. And they like, <laughs> okay, you know, like, and I would learn terms like, um, they would say, oh, look at that box Chevy. And I'm like, what the heck is that? Like, I didn't know, you know, and I would act like I knew like, oh yeah, you know, but I didn't know anything. I had a very strong Jersey accent at the time. And people were like, where is she? Like, who is this girl? You know what I mean? So it was definitely a culture shock. And then I got really sick because my lungs apparently had to adapt to clean air. (laughs) So Seriously, which was a thing because every other person I knew who came from like the same area as me, they all got sick as well. And the doctor was like, your body's just adjusting to the air. The smogless air in the South. Yeah, seriously. And I was like, oh my gosh, like. I didn't even think about that. I've never heard of that. That's crazy. Wow. It was, it was a culture shock. And then, you know, FAMU, you know, we pride ourselves being on like the highest of seven hills. Like they are not lying. Those hills are not of God. And (laughs) it was like, oh my gosh, like we are dying. Whereas like Florida state was on the other side of the train tracks and they're like in the valley. And I'm like, these white people need sun. Like they need to be on these hills and we need to be like in the shade. Like the Lord has already blessed us with the tan. What are we doing? Right, right. We are <laughs> rich with milk. So that, that was an adjustment. And so for me, I had to go to pre-drill, which was no joke. So I already had to be at FM two weeks before all the other freshmen came to campus because for in the concert choir, it was only the concert choir was on campus, the bands and the football team. And we had three a day practices to get ready for tour in October. So freshmen had to learn like 80 songs in like two weeks. So it was hard. Oh, it was no joke. Like I legit, I remember my parents dropping me off. They put my dorm room together. I didn't even get to say goodbye to them. It was like, I missed the orientation at night. And I had rehearsal at eight o'clock the next morning. And I literally just was able to just say bye. But they like had to unpack everything in my dorm. And they went back to Jersey. And I was like, oh, my own. And I was like, oh, this is real. And not to mention the dorm that I was in for pre-drill, I was only there for two weeks. So I had to actually move to my actual dorm. two weeks after that by myself (laughs) which was all all the way on the other side of campus did it have no so okay so they first assigned me to truth hall which I really liked truth which they just knocked down yesterday I think it's here and I was like oh I really like this but that was not my dorm so then they were gonna have me in Cropper Hall which was not ready yet see my freshman year 2003 um we were the, at the time, we were the largest freshman class that FAM had ever had. So our dorm was not ready. They were converting like doubles into triples. And so they were going to put us in an old male dorm, Samson Hall. And I went and looked at the building and I was like, I'm not staying here. So <laughs> I didn't even go in. I didn't even go in. I was like, I won't be here. So I was like trying to figure something out. Some of my um, freshman classmates who were in the choir, um, were staying in the on-campus apartments called Paul Middle South. So I was like crashing on their couch until I figured out what to do. 
And then one of the girls in that apartment, she got homesick and was like, I think I'm gonna go back to Miami. And I was like, you should. And then I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was that was the jerseyness coming out of you right it now. really it was and it's so funny because well her cousins because like that apartment it was like three bedrooms two bathrooms a kitchen and living room and it was two to each room but everybody in that apartment was involved in something already she was the only one that wasn't so she was gonna be like alone you know what I mean like her cousins were in choir with me Two of the other girls were in a band and another girl was like in a modeling troupe thing. So nobody was ever home. So she was like, I came in and she was there crying. And she's like, I just think I made a mistake. I think I should go back to Miami. I was like, I think you should. And then I went to housing, like this girl might be leaving. Like, how can I get her to buy? <laughs> And it worked out, you know? You were applauding. She listening to this episode like. I was like, oh, I'm praying for you, girl, you know. But can you sign right here? You know, <laughs> <laughs> please, please. This is not for everybody. I'm sorry. Sir. No, I, I don't think you've officially really gone to an HBCU if you haven't had to do some type of housing situation. Uh, housing crisis. So, yeah, there's always some type of crisis or some finesse you got to do to get what you want. Uh, so you 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 did exactly what you're supposed to do. Exactly. Okay. Listen, I was like, I gotta. This gotta work because I can't. Nope. I'm not going to move again just to have to move again. Like, I was like, I can't do that. Like, I need to be somewhere and, like, be, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and just, I want to take this moment. Uh, just, again, I talk my trash about, all, you know, all my other HBCUs is not Grambling, but I really want to, you know, give a, a shout out slash, you know, a bow, take a hat, round of applause for all the HBCU performers. Because if somebody asked me to learn 80 songs in two weeks, they're going to be short. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it ain't going to happen. I'm going to give you a good eight. I'm not going to give you a good eight. You know how long it took to learn to spell with him in two weeks? Uh-uh. That's no, true. and that's the thing. We had to learn the alma mater. We had to learn all that because we had we had to sing it at like all the convocations. And I mean, it was just hard. And not to mention like the upperclassmen already knew it. So they looking at us like, don't be wasting our time. And so, and then, oh my gosh, I'll never forget one of the rehearsals, the director would be like, that's one, that's two, talking about like running laps. And I'm like, what? I can't hear this thing. Like, I didn't come here to run. What is this? So then we get, I kid you not, we get outside, it's nighttime. And there's a lady, like the track coach is there. And she's like, come on, come on. If you lie, you'll cheat. If you cheat, you'll steal. If you'll steal, you'll kill. Don't cheat me on my laps. I'm like, what have I gotten into? Like, what People talk about the freshman 15, like gaining 15 pounds. No, I lost like 30. My parents came to visit like family weekend. And they're like, have you eaten? I'm like, no. <laughs> no, it was hard. It was really hard. I mean, and I, I always look back, my friends and I, like, how did we cram all this music into our heads? Yeah, they should have sent that when y'all got y'all acceptance letter. Like, right. They sent the whole send package. Me a packet. You got the whole semester to learn this. I had no idea. I had no idea what I was getting into. I'm just like, it was crazy. And then they would do a thing called quartet. So, like, if the sound. And I and I appreciate it because, see, our director at the time, doc, shout out to Dr. Charlie Toomer. He... He was young. He was probably like 35, I think. And he, his whole model was like, no, we're not going to be 
like one of the best HBCU um, groups out here. Like we're competing with like the Florida States and their graduate students. You know what I'm saying? Like he wanted us to be like on another level. He didn't want us to just sing spirit. Like we, he would pick these songs. I'm like, where's y'all find this? Like what language is this that we're even singing in? You know what I mean? So it was really hard and he worked us because we, he always, the standard was always like, you have to be better than, you know what I mean? So it was hard, but I mean, whew. and if you got something wrong, like if the sound wasn't coming together, he would tell everyone to sit down and he would just randomly like call a person like Regina stand up, you know, Shawnee stand up, Russell stand up. And then he would like sing page one and two. And you just be like, Okay, Dr. Lee, that's who he acting like. Why do we Right, you just had to sing it and it was Cortez and you would just be like, people papers be shaking like, oh, okay. you know what I mean? Like, okay. Y'all didn't have no crazy thing. Like, you know, if you miss this, you got to shave your head. Like they did in Drumline, did you? Y'all I'm not shaving my head, no. <laughs> but they did like tour pranks and, you know, stuff like that. Yes, they did do that. But, um, but freshmen, like we would have to stay later. We would have, it was crazy. But our freshman class was dope. Like we were on our music. So the upperclassmen hated us even more because they had to really step it up because we were better than them at the time. Okay, period. <laughs> so how was graduation so, for you? Mm-hmm. Sorry. Oh my gosh, graduation was amazing. It was like, so if you're a music major, you get to, you come in first because you get to conduct the band um, for a time a certain amount of time like you <clears throat> shout out to dr chipman um director of marshall 100 he like gives you the, the baton and so music majors you get to like conduct um the band for a time so you came in first so my parents almost like missed me because i was like the second person in line and they were like oh snap there she is you know so it was a really just great experience i mean just being in the arena and just the cheers and like all the people and just like the hard work, you know? And for me, I graduated a year later because my freshman year class was optional. I'm going to be honest. And so, (laughs) (laughs) so, um, you know, to finally be there and to graduate with my friends and like to have all your family and stuff come down. I mean, it really is an experience, you know, that you just, it's great. It was dope. And the city was lit too, because, Florida State's graduation was, I think, the next day, and Tallahassee Community College was, like, the day before, so, like, Tallahassee was beyond packed, like, it was crazy, it was a crazy weekend, but graduation was amazing, um, Eddie Long, I think, was our commencement speaker, and he preached down, I mean, he was, he was, amen, but (laughs) it was a really, it was really great, like, even my dad, who went to Dell State, who hates on fam religiously, um, I was like, dad, see, this is what a real school like looks like, you know, like people and, you know, and he's like, oh, whatever, you know, so he was like, this was really great. Oh my gosh, this is awesome, you know, so yeah, it was dope. Yeah, um, I, I, I saw the dinner with Lauren Hill. <laughs> uh, give us one other memorable moment at FAMU. It could be your favorite homecoming. It could have been whatever give us just one more of your favorite memories uh, from from family um i would have to say i would say my first 
time like singing, I think at like a homecoming convocation because that was really, it was like a full circle moment, I think. Like having, that was my first ever experience at FAMU. And so then to be in that same place, but as a student, but actually being a part of something, you know, and singing there. And then I was awarded a scholarship at that one too. So it was like, you know, and the band is there. So I really felt like it was like, oh my gosh, like I'm legit. Like I'm really here. Like this really happens. And it really just felt like, you know, I found my people. I'm where I'm supposed to be. So I think that that was just, that was definitely like the best experience. It was just like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I love that phrase. I found my people. I hear that a yeah. lot from people who go to HBCUs. Yeah. When that happens, it's like, the rest of the experience is out of here like once you find your people yeah and what I loved about it too it's like there you also learn that black people are so diverse like they are like oh my gosh you know what I'm saying you have like your real churchy people you have like your hood people you have like your little like um the people who are like oh don't eat that swine you know what I'm saying you have like (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean like you just have like you're just so many different people and you're like man black people are so dope one because we're just we're just all not the same you know what I mean and so I think that was like the the greatest thing for me um for sure yeah awesome so let's talk about life after FAMU right Yeah. yeah what was that transition like for you because it sounds like very early on you figured out Working with kids was not going to be the thing. <laughs> no, no, ma'am. Um, but, um, yeah. What was that like? Um, so I knew I wanted to do something in the arts. And for me, it was about trying to figure that out. I didn't know if I wanted to go back to school um, <clears throat> or anything like that. So I live in Charlotte now, which is actually where I moved after FAM. Um I had got a position at Blumenthal Performing Arts Center and it started as an internship that eventually was supposed to morph into a full-time job. And then that's when the, like the economy crashed, like that 08 time. So I ended up getting laid off and that was really hard. Like I worked at like David's Bridal. I was just trying to hustle and just do what I had to do. And then my time at Blumenthal Performing Arts Center, um, I ended up meeting a guy who was the marketing director for another theater in town. And he was like, you should really come check us out. You should come check us out. And I was like, yeah. So I had never heard of it. So I was like, what is this? And I went and it was cool. And just off that relationship, I ended up being um, hired as one of their um, featured artists, like featured performers there. And I've been with them now, uh, I think this is my 14th season, I think. Even though I did go back to Jersey for three years um, and was doing some stuff up there, um, but I'm back here now. And so that's been really rewarding um, because that first year out of school was really, really, it was a hard transition. So I think it helped me to kind of build my confidence back up and just kind of really find my voice again, I think. And um, so now I'm kind of 
pulling back from that theater, I think I'll just do the Christmas production as opposed to doing all the shows like I have been doing. Um, so now I'm getting into like doing voiceover work. Um, and that's been really great. Um, I've only been doing that a few months now, but it's been amazing. Um, I'm doing some like health coaching and some other things like that. So it's really, um, I think at HBCU definitely teaches you like how to pivot in life and how to like figure it out, you know what I mean? And give you the, that real world experience. Um, and I think I, I don't know that I would have been prepared to do that had I gone anywhere else. Um, so, you know, I had to definitely take some detours, but every week you can find me on a stage singing, or now I do travel a lot and uh, sing at churches, which during the pandemic kind of morphed into me doing voiceover work because people were having virtual everything. So I was kind of like booked. I was like, okay, you know, and I could just record here in my house, you know, it's like, let's do it, you know? So um, that's kind of morphed into other things. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Better be booked and busy. Yeah. I love <laughs> that. Booked and busy. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that you talked about how going to HBCU helped you to learn how to pivot. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's one of the best experiences or one of the best things about the experience is that you learn that you don't have to be in a box, right? Yeah. That your journey can take you wherever it is that you would like it to. So that's awesome. But let's talk about how you help other people pivot. Cause I heard in there um, that you mentioned that you are a health coach. Yeah. What does that look like? So it wasn't anything, again, it was something that kind of happened organically. Like I, leading up to the pandemic, I was starting to get healthy. And because I do perform and because I'm so visible, people were like, who that you know what I mean like not really like oh she looks amazing and people just started kind of reaching out like oh can you help me do this can you help me whatever whatever and so I just kind of you know helped them with the program that I did and um just started helping people and helping them find success as well because I really feel like in anything I mean if you're having success you know you want to kind of leave the door open for other people to find that as well it wasn't something I wanted to do or plan to do but people just kept asking and so it's like okay let's do this you know so kind of figuring it out as we go um but it's it's been it's been great and I've I do find like helping other people find like the freedom in their health and their life and stuff like that is also very rewarding as well especially um with me having a church background, because in church, we always talk about, oh, God is a healer and God is going to do this and da, 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 which is true, but you can't be eating like trash either. And, you know, God's not a, you know, he's not a genie who can be like, okay, you know, and just because mama had diabetes don't mean you got to have it too, you know. What they say, uh, faith without works is dead. So you got okay. right. exactly. works, so. 100%, 100%, yeah. So would you, would you classify, so uh, I guess for the listeners, would it be, would you be that track coach at FAMU with your, your, your whistle at, at No, APM? I don't know. I'm more so focused on a, 
<laughs> holistic approach. So we deal like with healthy mind, healthy body. I mean, I would encourage people working out, but I'm not going to be like, all right, drop down and give me 10. So <laughs> that's no, that's not my ministry. That's what that crazy lady at the track. She can have that. Yeah. <laughs> I never forgot her. I don't even remember her name, but I was like, if I ever see her, I'm going the other way. <laughs> awesome. Yes. Yeah, so uh, I, I did want to ask again, because I don't, I know a couple of people who have done like some voiceovers, whether like yeah. podcast commercials or whatever it is. Um, so just as an HBCU graduate, have you run into other HBCU graduates or do you think it's really more of a, a field that could use some more diversity? Like how, how does, you know, the voiceover they can absolutely um, use diversity. And really with what I love, I'm so glad you said that, how I, I've been wanting to get in a voiceover for years, but never really knew how to crack into the industry. And ironically, of all places, I was at a funeral, a repass of a funeral, and a girlfriend of mine um, introduced me to her friend who had been on Broadway. And I was like, you look so familiar. And I said, well, what have you been doing like during the pandemic, you know, now that Broadway shut down? And she said, oh, I've gotten into voiceover and I launched a company called Our Voice on Demand to really just help black and brown people crack into the industry because there's so much they don't tell us or teach us and stuff like that so I literally made that connection with her right then and there and that was July of last year and she's like coaching me now I've been like taking classes whatever I just set my studio up and she's helping me like audition and you know the goal eventually I'll get an agent and we're kind of go from there so I think yes it's a it's not an industry that I think a lot of Black people are a part of, but it's not that they don't want to do it. They just don't know how um, to kind of break in, which I didn't either. So I was like, dang. And you can look things up online, but there's so much information. You won't even know like what's legit and what's not. So yes, that was really um, a big help for sure. Which her friend, my girlfriend, she went to Howard and her sister and her were, they were line sisters or whatever. I don't know. So definitely not even just a family connection, but I think HBCUs period, you know, we're like one big happy family, you know, in that light. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I, I'm hoping that, you know, any listeners that want to get involved in it. I mean, uh, the only website I was familiar with was I think voices.com. Yeah, I, I'm on Voices. Um, Voices.com is cool, but even navigating that is like, whatever. Like, I didn't know what to do. You know what I mean? You could kind of just be grasping at straws as opposed to like, okay, and just auditioning aimlessly if you don't know like the right things to say, the right things to do, how to find your voice. Because um, the thing with voiceover work, a lot of times we think voiceover and we think we have to sound like announcery or sound whatever, when really you're just getting paid to be yourself. And so that was something I kind of had to relearn because as a performer, like if I'm playing a character, you know, I'm becoming that character as opposed to voiceover, they want you and what your voice, you know what I mean? And how, and that's what's going to separate you from everybody else. That's, that's interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I'll be. I probably had to talk to you a little offline just to learn a little bit more about that. Um, yeah, absolutely. Trying to get into some voiceover work, Jordan. I mean, I I, I, I've been I've been told. Oh. <laughs> um, I might be able to help out the people who do the quiet storm. 
Okay. Uh, I've also been told. <laughs> absolutely could. Uh, we could definitely talk about it, and I could definitely connect you with my people. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Hey, it's I always good. Call his people. people, okay? Okay. <laughs> yes, I have my people call your people, and you can say a rattler put you on. Oh, I, and I will. I will. Now, don't give. I'm. I'm. I always talk my trash, but I'm always give my respect when it's due so i, I want y'all to know when i first met jordan i cussed him out so bad because <laughs> he was trying me in my school i'm gonna let y'all know that but it's fine it's all love here we are today oh, yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and i cussed him out in love it wasn't like i wasn't mad but he was wrong oh, yeah. he was not yeah. uh, he was giving um fake news alternative facts about my institution <laughs> and i had to shut him down real quick okay thank you uh, yeah, <laughs> And she had me posting L's on my Instagram, which I, I'll never get over that. But uh, but to that to that point, just the Instagram piece, um, with your you know your health coaching and your you know your your voice performance, um, where can people find you on on the gram? Just so you can get your you know, because I'm sure yeah. there's some people who want to reach out to you. Absolutely, I'm at Regina V Jackson, R E G I N A V, as in Victoria Jackson. Um, you can find me there or on my website, reginajackson.com. Um, you can find all information about my music, about health coaching, my journey, all the things like that. It's all right there. Yes. And her website is dope, y'all. So please go to it. Uh, thank you. Great. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and just my last question, uh, just to kind of end on a, on a note that I thought was really really dope that you know because most I, I do think the wider public assumes you know you're the hbcu and you just stay local to that that community and that's fine if, if that's what you choose but i mean you've been exposed to ethiopia you've traveled around for you know church for for singing and everything else yeah. uh, with the pandemic still ongoing but you know people just starting to get a little i guess with the COVID fatigue or whatever where give us one new country you like to go to in any new state that you'd like to see uh, this year just in your on your in your leisure travels um I definitely so there's two places I have a I have been wanting to go to Addis Ababa um not Addis Ababa I already went there um um Dubai Dubai yes I really want to go to Dubai I don't know if I get there this year and I definitely I have been wanting to go to France I really want to do the Black Paris tour um, I have a lot of friends that have done that recently and I'm like, man, I really want to do that. So that's definitely, I'm definitely trying to do that this year for sure. I'm definitely about to look that up. Never heard of the yeah. Black Paris tour. Me either. Yes, I didn't either. I didn't know about it either, but I literally, I know like six people who, like within the, this past year that have done it. And I'm like, wait, Black Paris tour, that's the thing? What that mean? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I, sign me up, you know, like I want to do that for sure. Yes. Yeah, I definitely just Googled it, blackparistour.com. Yes, I, I definitely want to do that for sure. That is on my list. Um, yeah. And I will say growing up, like I was typically like in schools, I always, high school, all my schools, I was, it was always all black, but all my theater companies, theater camps, I was always the only black person. So I would say being at FAM and performing with black people was like, amazing and i'm like black we are so dope like we are the most talented like we are just we're just amazing we are legit amazing so yes we are the world does not move without black creativity period period not it really doesn't it really doesn't so i'm like yeah awesome 
Well, we are grateful to you for your time um, and all of the information that you shared with us today. Um, and again, you guys make sure that you follow her on Instagram, make sure that you go to her amazing website um, to learn more about Ms. Regina. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. This was fun. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Just echoing what he said, we really do appreciate you. Uh, and shout out to all the family rattlers out there. Uh, I do talk my trash, but but shout out to, to the Florida Agriculture and Mechanical University in Tallahassee, Florida. Come um, on, cool name. Respect on it. Puss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And root to the bros. Root to the bros. Uh, upside. Just root to upside. Oh, upside. You know, my very best friend. Shout out to Jew, Castro, all those people. You know, those are my guys. Okay. Okay. Yeah, big group. Um, but yeah, hopefully you have a, you, you continue to enjoy your, your Sunday and um, enjoy all the Super Bowl festivities. <laughs> I will. Yeah. Hopefully we'll see an HBCU band perform or, or do something. Uh, well, you know, fam performs at the Super Bowl all the time, but um, hopefully we'll see some other schools with the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> you know, just say it. Do a big yeah. one. <laughs> right. You yeah. know, just look at that Prince, that Prince halftime show, you know what I'm saying? Be fam. But no, no, for real, Regina, enjoy yourself, stay healthy, uh, stay dope, and, you know, keep kicking, keep kicking incredibly dope shit you know, your voice career. I, I hope to hear you on a Disney movie soon. Yes, come on. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, keep up the good work. But, uh, all right, we'll get up out your head and, and uh, you just, you just want to thank you again for your time. But uh, enjoy your day. All right. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. Bye.